Thank you for tuning in to the Everyday Christian Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we show that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. Here is your host, Chase Green. Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 4 of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is Season number 2 with the Scattered Abroad Network of Podcasts. I'd like to highlight one of our Scattered Abroad Network podcasts for today. And today we're going to highlight the Far Better Podcast with Michael Clark. This is a podcast that helps us realize that where we're headed to heaven is far better than anything we could ever imagine and certainly the difficulties that we face in this life. I'd encourage you to check out the Far Better Podcast at scatteredabroad.org, which premieres every Wednesday at SAN. Well, today on the Everyday Christian Podcast, we're going to continue our discussion of James chapter 2. Last week, we discussed verses 1 through 13, and we talked about partiality. We talked about the royal law. And today, we're going to talk about a very important topic that much of the denominational world around us does not understand, unfortunately. And it's the idea of faith alone is... Uh, taught in many places, but this is actually the only place in the Bible where you're going to find the exact words faith only, and it says not by faith only. So we're going to get into James chapter 2 verses 14 through 26 in just a moment. Before we uh, do that though, I want to talk about Martin Luther. Martin Luther called this book, the book of James, an epistle of straw because it clearly teaches against his ideas of faith only, or faith alone. I'll remind you of a brief historical background on Martin Luther. Martin Luther was an ordained Catholic priest who began to notice glaring problems with Catholic doctrine. He nailed his 95 theses to the door of the church at Wittenberg, Germany, in 1517, in protest of some egregious Catholic doctrine. Well, one of the glaring problems in the Catholic Church was the idea that you could earn your way to heaven through buying indulgences, for example, or confessing sins in the Catholic confessional booth. Martin Luther saw how that was wrong, and in reacting to that error, he went too far the other direction and said, essentially, there's nothing you have to do, just believe. He called it sola fide, or justification by faith alone. He took a lot of passages from the Bible, such as in Romans and other places, and he built an entire system of doctrine of faith only out of those passages. Well, we're going to study James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, and we're going to look at some of the passages in Romans and other places, and we're going to see what the Bible actually teaches. Verses 14 through 17, we're going to notice dead faith. Verse number 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? So James says, what does it profit? In other words, we might say, what is the point? I'm reminded of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 14. If Christ is not raised from the dead, then our faith is in vain. What's the point? Well, there would be no point if Christ did not resurrect unto life and ascend to the throne in heaven shortly thereafter, 
then there would be no point in our faith. Well, the same thing is true as it pertains to faith without works. What's the point? Notice James says, what does it profit? And then he makes the connection to the end of the verse, and he says, can faith save him? If faith does not have any accompanying works, can faith save him? Well, ask yourself this. Has it ever been that way? Did faith alone save Noah? By faith, Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house, Hebrews 11, verse 7. But it was not faith alone. You see, Noah acted on his faith. And over and over again throughout the Bible, we see saved people acting on their faith. Earning their salvation? No. But doing what God said to acquire salvation? Yes. Noah didn't deserve salvation from the flood, but God offered it to him based on how he was living his life, doing his very best, and Noah accepted that salvation by building the boat and getting on the boat. Look at James 2, verses 15 and 16. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? James now gives us a practical example of how someone may have faith, but then fail to act on that faith. Well, someone who has basic faith in Christ, but ignores helping people go to heaven? Not according to Matthew 25. There we find that Jesus was hungry and the faithful fed him. He was thirsty and they gave him drink. He was sick and they visited him. He was in prison and, and needed clothing and, and they visited him. They, they clothed him. The faithful did those things and Jesus welcomes them into heaven. The unfaithful, they did not do those things. And Jesus tells them to depart from him. He never knew them. So we have to do these things. The Bible is clear. We have to live out our faith in Christ in those tangible ways. Now, verse number 17, James says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Basic faith without action is like a ship without a sail. It's like a compass with no north. It's like a plane without a pilot. It's not going to get us anywhere. Sometimes we speak of faith on the most basic level, mental assent, that is, acknowledgement of belief in Christ. And that is 100% extremely important. We must have this basic level of faith that is acknowledgement in Christ as the Son of God. But we can't stop there. We can't just stop at acknowledgement of Christ as Lord. Luke 6, verse 46 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Matthew 7, verse 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Thus, we might say this, Lord, Lord, and then follow, follow. Acknowledgement of Christ as Lord, yes, absolutely. And then action that follows that. Hebrews 10 verse 39 says that there are those who believe to the saving of the soul. 
The very next verse, Hebrews 11, verse 1, talks about how faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then it goes into that entire chapter, this great hall of fame of faith, we sometimes refer to it as, and over and over again, we see this. By faith, Abel did this. By faith, Noah did that. By faith, Abraham did this. By faith, uh, Moses did that. Over and over again, we see in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, we see faith being characterized by obedience. Faith being characterized by action. So we have faith that is defined in one sense as a mere acknowledgement of belief in Christ as Lord, which is certainly required. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for we must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We must have that basic acknowledgement of belief in Christ. But on the other hand, we also must have faith that is characterized by action. Faith that is characterized by obedience. Faith is sometimes defined in the Bible as the entirety of our faith. The entirety of our life as Christians. And this is where verses like the ones in Romans and Titus 3 verse 5, for example, confuse people if they don't interpret it correctly. A Calvinist would be quick to point out Romans 10 verse 10, which says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Which is true. That is a very important verse in the plan of salvation. But what was what does Romans 1 verse 5 say? Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. So faith and obedience, surprise, surprise, they go hand in hand if you read the Bible in its entirety. That doesn't mean that people who live their lives in obedience earn salvation. No, it doesn't mean that. That's impossible. Whether we have sinned one time, which no, we haven't. We've sinned many times, haven't we? But whether we have sinned just once or ten trillion times, it doesn't matter. We cannot earn, we cannot deserve salvation. We don't deserve it. We deserve condemnation. Salvation, though, is the gift of God. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, is spiritual condemnation. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we don't earn anything. God gift, gifts it to us, but we still have to accept the gift. Titus 3 verse 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. We have to understand we can't earn salvation. We can't deserve it. But we still have to accept it. Well, look at verses 18 through 20. We're going to find faith and works are inseparable. You cannot separate faith, biblically speaking, from works, from action, from obedience. Chapter 2, verse 18 says, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. You see, they're trying to separate those two things and say some have faith, some have works. No, that is wrong. That is as wrong as wrong can be. You either have faith and works, or you have neither. So he says, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, 
I will show you my faith by my works. You see, it's impossible to have faith without works. And James says, I'll show you my faith by my works, by the way that I'm living my life, by my actions, by my obedient lifestyle. Sinless perfection? No, none of us are sinlessly perfect, but it's a lifestyle. It is an obedience. It is a a best effort. Hey, I'm a Christian and I'm going to live like it. We cannot compartmentalize our faith into two camps. Well, here are the Christians who have faith, and here are the Christians who have works. That is absurd. We're supposed to have both. Jesus puts it this way in Matthew 7, verse 20. He says, by their fruits, otherwise known as their works, by their fruits you will know them. Look at verse 19. James says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. James might say it this way, that's a start. Yeah, you you believe, that's a start. Good job. But the demons also believe, but they tremble. The demons know and believe God. You can be assured of that. But they also are in torment, awaiting the day that they will be cast into their final judgment. And so they tremble. Yeah, they believe. But their belief is not saving them. See, it's already too late for them. Even though they believe, they acknowledge God's existence, clearly, they're not saved. Well, look at verse number 20. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? The idea is, can you or will you admit to that? According to James here, the idea of salvation by faith without works is what? It's foolishness and it's spiritual death. How many of our religious friends have been caught up in this idea that it's all about faith and that's the only thing? You see, that's foolishness. And it's a false gospel. It's going to lead many, unfortunately, to spiritual death. Finally, verses 21 through 26, we want to understand that salvation is not by faith only. Verses 21 and 22, we read this. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? Again, faith and works, they work together. They work with one another. They work side by side. How did Abraham pass that test? He went all the way up to Mount Moriah. He tied his son Isaac. He raised the knife and was about to follow through with it, wasn't he? Until that angel stopped him. His faith worked together with his works. His faith and works went hand in hand, and he proved that. He passed that test, and that got him a spot in faith's hall of fame in Hebrews chapter 11. By works, his faith was made perfect. It was made complete. 
faith, and then the follow-through. Verse number 23 says, And Scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted or imputed to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Why was he the friend of God? Because he proved his loyalty to God with his action. And it was, it was counted unto him because of his actions and his belief as righteousness. Verse number 24, and this is a key point. We mentioned it earlier. It says, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. It is crucial for us to understand this. By works a man is justified and not by faith only. Does this verse say that a man who is baptized into Christ earns his salvation? No, I don't read that anywhere in this text. But this verse does say that it's not merely mental assent, belief in the most basic sense of the word, alone, that saves. A man who has faith, belief, but is not baptized, according to Mark 16, 16, and many other passages, will not be saved. As we all know, that's the sticking point for the majority of the religious world around us. Not repentance, usually. Sometimes. But not usually. No, the sticking point is usually baptism. You see, for whatever reason, people will read passages like Titus 3, 5 and, and others. And they'll say, see, we're uh, it's not of works of righteousness, lest we should boast. And they'll say, well, that excludes things like baptism. Incidentally, more times than not, those who make that claim would not make the claim that it excludes things like repentance, that it excludes things like confession, but they will say that it excludes baptism. And they will try to explain away the need to be baptized for the remission of sins, Acts twenty, Acts uh, two thirty eight, to wash away our sins, Acts twenty two sixteen, to be placed in Christ, Galatians three twenty seven, the fact that baptism doth also now save us, First Peter three twenty one, which corresponds with what Jesus said in Mark sixteen sixteen, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. And so, unfortunately, many people will try to explain this away as it pertains to. Baptism, and they say, well, that's a work, so it's not involved in any way in our salvation. Brethren, friends who are listening to this, please read your Bible, and you will see many, many passages that teach very plainly that you must be baptized to be saved. So this is a crucial point then. Verse number 24, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Think his lifestyle. Think the things that he is doing that makes him who he is. Okay, uh, We're justified, yes, by our faith, yes, sure, of course. But when you look at the actual biblical definition of faith, it's talking about an obedient lifestyle of faith. Verse 25 says, Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? Just another example, this time Rahab, who saved her household, 
by hiding the spies back in the book of Joshua. Finally, verse number 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Just a side note, but this is a very concise definition of what takes place when we die, physically speaking. When the spirit leaves the body, this is probably one of the most concise, uh, easy to understand definitions of the term death in all the scriptures. The body without the spirit is dead. But the spiritual point that he makes in this is that just as the body without a spirit is dead, so it is the case that a person with faith but no works is also dead, is spiritually dead. Think back to James chapter 1 for a moment. It's like that person who beholds his face in a, in a glass or a mirror. And then he goes about his way. He's not looking into the perfect law of liberty, and he's not being a doer of the word. That person is dead, spiritually speaking. Faith without works is dead. We're justified not by faith only. Justified by works, but not by faith only. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Everyday Christian Podcast. If these are some things that you've never considered before, uh, and maybe you've studied these things for the very first time, and these are contrary to what you've always learned and, and thought about salvation, and if you'd like to contact me and talk about these things, if you'd like to study this further, you are certainly more than welcome to. I'd be glad to help you with that. Uh, you can contact any of the hosts here at the Scattered Abroad Network, and we will be glad to help you with that to make sure, uh, to, to make your calling and election sure, to make sure that you understand uh, what we must do to be saved. You can email me. My email is in the show notes below. And uh, if you're Facebook friends with me, you can contact me there too, whatever, whatever you need to do. But let's study this. Let's make sure that we have uh, obeyed the gospel. Let's make sure that we're living faithfully as everyday Christians. Join me next week, and we'll get into James chapter 3 on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.